Health Voyagers podcast series, University Hospitals Ventures team, Brian Rothstein checking in. Have a new partner in crime sitting across the table today. Sorry, we don't have video, but we're uh, continuing to uh, adapt and evolve in these changing times. Uh, my partner, would you like to introduce yourself today? Well, thanks for having me. Kendra Gardner, Director of Product Strategy on the Adventures team. Happy to be here. Thank you, Kendra. We're excited to have Kendra. As you know, we talked about at the end of our last podcast with Dr. Padula was thinking about how do we bring some of our newer teammates, and Kendra's not so new anymore, a year and a half now? Still new. Still new. In the grand scheme of the grand story. scheme of things. But year and a half under her belt with us. Um, so wanting to introduce more members of the team to our audience so that we can share more about who we are as a team, how we've evolved uh, as a kind of an organization within our larger organization to continue to, to refine the services that we deliver to our partners, both in healthcare and outside of. So, Kendra, tell us a little bit about what your role is and kind of what you bring to the team from your previous experiences. I'd love to. So as director of product strategy and ventures, I've had the great privilege of coming in and really starting to continue to build on the great work of the team that had already started well before I arrived. But in the last year specifically, I think it's helpful to get very specific. I've been working on further building out what is our our product offering, whether that's internal to the, the innovators that we're working with and how do we more systematically deploy, deploy our expertise and resources to continue to advance those products, but also with the startups externally. So moving a bit further from just piloting technologies, but really becoming a valuable partner to startups that have interesting technologies that from our our clinical expertise and our expertise as a team is worthy of us deploying resources and partnering with those those companies. So as they look to advance their product development um, pathway, how do we help bring the right people, the right resources to bear and advancing those from the outside as well? Or even thinking about co-development, how do we think about it? So really the work has been thinking about this model around how do we bring our expertise to bear and under what construct and what what business arrangement. And how would you take your experiences? And if you want to have a brief interlude and share a little bit about your background, that would be fantastic prior yes. to healthcare. But how have you adapted your perspective and, and your kind of internal model of what is product from outside the healthcare world to healthcare? Well, I'll first start with my background. So my background is a little bit unusual. I th- I think, for this space. Um, But I really started my career and was there for quite some time in the manufacturing space. So working on change management from organizations that had been historically R&D-led, if you think about a lot of, um, especially in the chemicals part of the industry, how do you really take an R&D-led organization and flip them to a market-led to be more intentional about how you drive innovation from a corporate perspective? And a lot of that was, you know, thinking about how you're servicing, at least from my experience, the OEMs and what do they need in terms of product. And there wasn't so much attention drawn to, well, what what about the people in the shop? Is it easier for them to do their work? What about the end consumer? You know, there's some of that happens, but I was largely disconnected from from you know, many of those aspects of thinking about product as we think about it within healthcare, which is always centered on patient first. You know, how will these products or these new technologies impact the way we deliver care, but also taking into account how does it affect the caregiver, the administrative, the community as a whole. And so product 
you know, and thinking about impact and total value has been a whole transformation for me being inside that was very new amongst uh, many other other things that are new within healthcare in general that are different from other industries. So you, you touched on one point that I think is a really interesting one that we talk a lot about on the ventures team, and it's the concept of total value. Can you describe for our listeners what our kind of model of total value is? What are our, 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 how we're shaping how, our heads how we, around how we it? Shape, exactly. True. We don't really have a model around it just yet. And, you know, we've on the podcast listeners will remember last year, we had a, a conversation around the difference between return on investment and return on health. Um, and, mm. you know, we've not really ever found a metric to define return on health, but it's that internal, that intangible, it feels good in your gut. Um, that there's going to be something positive that comes from a partnership with a company that does X or this technology or that type of device. And I think our quote unquote total value proposition um, and the total value perspective takes some of that into consideration. But how do you describe it? Uh, well, as we're beginning to to develop this model, what I'm doing right now is starting to track what I think those different value drivers are. And still, some of them will need to be proven, um, whether that's efficiencies or whether that's joy. I think something that we don't talk enough about is the joy that something might bring, you know, an engagement might bring to a caregiver that's been faced with a problem for a long time and being able to be at the table. I don't, I think we can't underestimate that being able to be somewhere that allows you to drive impact or whether it makes someone's job easier, um, not just from an efficiency perspective, but just ergonomically, um, does does that thing make the make their job easier, or over time reduces the wear and tear on their body in terms of completing their job? There's obviously the administrative perspective of does the solution deliver more value on lots of different things that maybe our supply chain team is looking at, or does it allow for a new entrant in a market that for historically we've not had the ability to negotiate because there hasn't been someone else that has been competitively positioned against another supplier. Um, and then for us, there's the investment potential. You know, there's the long tail of return that can happen in five to seven years based on taking an equity position um, in these companies. And we've been, we've been, you know, exploring this. Are there ways for us to deploy our resources and ventures by um, creating situations in which we can be more of a consultative um, agent to external startups, which generates revenue? And then, of course, there's the clinical research aspect. And so all of these things I think we're looking at and we're trying to talk about more and more. Um, and, I, and I hate to compare this to like marketing efforts, but sometimes you go in to do marketing and there isn't a clear line of sight to ROI. But over time, you feel the impact of that. Um, and I think that we've got to do a better job of capturing these total values so that our leadership can continue to get behind it. Um, our caregivers understand it and want to engage, even when it may be, be may be a little bit ambiguous at the outset. Well, I love that perspective because I do think it's very tactical to a certain extent. I think it helps in terms of the way that my understanding of the way that you think about product as a category as opposed to product as a thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I also, you know, the other piece of that, that that I think underlies all of that is that the impact that we can then have on and the broader community because of those relationships. Is it the community of patients, the community of providers, the community right outside of our healthcare system? Um, because as we're doing more of these things, having more of these conversations and bringing more perspectives to the table, 
I think it allows us then to open that conversation to so many other avenues within and outside of healthcare than we would have potentially had before when we were just really focused on, well, here's a product or here's a device. This is why it's going to make the orthopedic surgeon's life easier. And I think about, I, th- I like the framing that we have too, is not just about solving our own problems, but solving healthcare problems, because those things become translational nationally. When you think about a whole population, you know, as an example. So I, I think that I, I appreciate that that's the lens we, yes, it has to service us first, but really looking for the scalability of that particular solution. And I think that comes up a lot when we're thinking about co-development, because clearly, as we think about co-developing with partners, we don't want it to just solve our problems. We want it to solve larger problems than we're facing. There's an undertone in, in every conversation I ever have with you, which I, why I enjoy being a friend of yours and, and, and being a colleague of yours that I think is part of what drove you to come to medicine and to work in healthcare um, without necessarily delving into all of the different facets of, of your life that have kind of culminated in the current place that you are. And, and we hope that you stay with us for a really long time. But can you share a little bit about what those personal drivers were to bring you to this space where the impact that you have is on more than just product? I can, I, you know, and I think it feels silly sometimes to say it, but as a young woman, my life goal was to work in medicine, but it was going to be a physician. I was going to be a plastic surgeon. I was going to, you know, work on the hardest of hardest cases. Um, and life didn't afford me that opportunity out of the gate. You know, there was a larger plane at play that I think as we get older, we start to see that we start to understand the experiences that we had um, as someone who grew up in, in poverty um, and made my way as a first generation student to college. Um, and that didn't go as planned either, because as most first generation students coming out of poverty, you don't have someone to mentor you through those those situations. Um, and so I think that going from college into entrepreneurship at the age of 20 and growing a general contracting business to a million dollars in revenue and realizing what it takes to bootstrap and to make decisions and understand the difference in insurance laws and and how do you self-teach yourself. So I think my early days in entrepreneurship, even though general contracting doesn't sound super sexy, but to grow a business to a million dollars in revenue and to understand all of the different operational pieces, I think is important. Um, But I think most importantly, as a woman coming up through the ranks of generally male-dominated fields, this piece of equity has, for me, has been a big driver. And I've been afforded many opportunities in my career to be able to step out of my comfort zone, to experiment, to be empowered. Um, And and whether that's luck or because of skill, either one I'll take. (laughs) I got to be there. And I think even prior to coming here, um, at UH, my work at Jumpstart was really transformative to me. And never in my career did I think I would be afforded the opportunity to receive an ac- executive education on race equity. And for anyone who's gone on that journey and understands the the ground the the groundwater concept and the seven systems that feed the groundwater. And if we truly want to transform the care for our communities, I think more of us need to be knowledgeable of that. So as an outsider to healthcare, you know, I was getting more and more um, 
anxious about how can I be an actor in one of these systems um, where I can help to bring my expertise and my knowledge and my passion to bear for transform transforming the way in which we deliver care in a more equitable, fair way, whether that's gender or race or age or whatever it might be. Um, and so that's, you know, as this opportunity came um, became available, all these things from my past, all these desires I ever had finally helped me realize, oh, this could be my opportunity, one, to get into healthcare, where I've always wanted to be. And by the way, I am a nerd at heart. I, I have never been so full to come to work to learn so much about so many different scientific opportunities, to stand in an OR, to watch a surgery, to not be doing it, but to see it and to understand how technology um, works um, for things that might be gross to others. But I had I had not realized in all those years not being proximate how much that fills my soul. And I think while my role as director of product strategy um, is critically important to continue to help build out the infrastructure, the talent, the pieces that we need to continue to be successful in that space, I appreciate the fact that I am seen as a capable and desirable person to have at the table for more difficult conversations that we need to have as we continue to try to advance equity. And so product for me is very broad, right? It's very broad. And sometimes it, it's about being at the table to help you be innovative around these different models or where you're spending your time with leadership and being more exacting in what we do with our limited resources. Uh, I hope that answers the question. It was no, a long one, didn't No, answer. absolutely. And I think that's why we feel so fortunate to have um, been able to bring you onto our team. I think that that diversity of thought and diversity of perspective, one from both personal experience as well as a desire to have impact, um, I think is what makes our team what it is. Because we have so many people on our team who could choose to be in many different places. Um, and probably potentially earn a heck of a lot more money doing different things and using their talents in different ways. But this collective desire to have a positive influence on our local community, meaning here within our healthcare mm -hmm. system, and then our regional community, which I consider outside of the four walls of, of our hospital, um, I think is just so impressive. And for me as the clinician on the team, you know, you all remind me of how special it is to be here because sometimes we get lost in the milieu of seeing patients and 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 the challenges of of the bureaucracy of healthcare today in terms of what you have to do to get through the day every day and number of patients number of notes you have to write and all that kind of stuff obviously as you know my my time with the ventures team is so refreshing and so uplifting um, but that type of partnership and that perspective continues to drive that belief for me every day so i'm very appreciative of that of that um kind of personal experience that you bring in and you wear on your sleeve, um, which helps us all make sure that we're doing things the way that we are. Um, but I have to say that I, this is the first time in my career and it's probably cause I'm old, older, um, where I could hit the ground running. Right. So there's this acceptance. And I would say that you're refreshed by coming into the ventures team. I would say I'm equally refreshed every time I go out to work across the hospital system in partnership with our team and the level of humility and the desire to do better um, and the, the willingness to admit that we have problems. That's unique. It, it truly is no, because you can actually drive to excellence 
if you have that culture embedded. So I love working with our team too, but I also love when I get to flip, you know, be out working across the system and all the people I've met. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's some people with different personalities, but no, I've, been, I've been very pleased culturally. I'm happy to hear that. And I think that that's part of what we bring to our system. And obviously this podcast is about the people. It's about process. It's mm -hmm. about how do you engage? It's about where are the opportunities to continue to see value in quote unquote innovation and in healthcare. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we're really lucky because we do have a healthcare system that is so open and desirous to work with us. Yes. Not only our administration, but our, our nurses, our doctors, our EVS workers, our physical therapists. I mean, everybody gets so excited when the ventures team knocks on the door and say, hey, we have this really interesting thing. Can you take a look at it? And that's, to me, working here, and I love coming to work every day because I have the best job. Um, and you know, we've had this conversation before, but that's like that added bonus that icing on top of the cake of the just seeing how excited people get about the opportunity mm -hmm. to have impact. Uh, and I love that. Switching gears a little bit. Last year was a really fun year for us in product strategy. We had a couple really big wins. The, the, the listeners have heard a lot about those. 2023, what are you most looking forward to from a product strategy perspective? Are there any things on the horizon that you're able to tell us about um, yet or What's, what's your what's your big hope and, and goal for 2023 on the product strategy front? That's a really good question. There's a lot of things that I'm thinking about internally of how do we take those learnings from last year and continue to kind of shore up the way in which we think about um, contracting these relationships and, and continuing to to really have an eye on like, how can we best service the startups that we're working with? We've already decided that we want to work with them, that the right partner. And so, you know, from my experience at Jumpstart, just remembering and, and knowing the life of an entrepreneur is hard, right? And, and you're burning cash every single day. So how can we make sure that what we're delivering helps them move? Because we've already decided that they're the right partner to work with. So I continue to be really excited about those engagements that we've already, we had already started, you've talked about. Um, but in some cases, they're taking on new shapes and forms, and we're learning about new things that we're going to be together doing together. And Vicarious, I know you've talked about before. Um, we continue to be excited about that being a potentially transformative technology, but it's a long it's a long play. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think we're learning a lot about these multi-year, keeping up the excitement, keeping up the engagement, flexing to the needs, and how do we do that in a way that allows us to maintain communication and excitement with our clinical partners who don't always work with startups every day, you know? And so just because there's some little changes happening in a startup, and I'm not saying this is vicarious, but in general, that we can be partners to you in, in navigating that and taking the foot off the gas when we need to, putting the foot gas back down and still moving. But I do know that our in, that our outside in team is continuing to cultivate a strong pipeline of potential ones that I, I really, where I sit is, you know, we have a, a pipeline team who does all this pre-diligence and we're starting to meet more and more about these coming in through through the pipeline. I am really excited to start to see, I think, the first semblance of a really big opportunity landed for Radical. 
radically our radiology and AI diagnostic innovation collaborative. I mean, we're in the same place. We always call it radically, but I think they're supposed to be radical. Either way, it's awesome. I am so excited about that. I'm excited about conversations that we're having, starting to have around how do you, how are you incredibly smart at the forefront about building trust in the way in which you might do these engagements too. And, And I liken that a lot to, you know, thinking about diversity, equity, inclusion, that should always be embedded at the forefront of whatever you're doing. I think when we think about AI and opportunities where we have the opportunity now with a flag, you know, raised up that we are a place to do business, to further develop out things that in the radiology space could be potentials for developing these new tools. Well, how do we make sure that we have trust at the forefront and what does trust look like and and when does that start? So I'm excited to kind of see that take shape in this year. Now, I'm not I am a consulted partner in that. I'm actively aware. I'm not necessarily driving it, but I'm incredibly excited to see that take shape. Um this year, because I think a lot's going to happen there. And there's other things coming up through the pipeline that I'm not quite ready to talk about, um, but they're coming. We always like having some secrets. That's how yes, it's important. Hold them close. Um, looking at our time here, we're coming to the close of our time together. There's a couple of things that I always like to ask everybody. One being, give me one innovation that you'd like to see be successful in healthcare this year. Oh my gosh. Rapid fire. One innovation. One innovation. If you could do one thing in healthcare this year, what would it be? One innovation in healthcare. Like that's a very, I mean, at UH. It could be UH. It could be your kid's pediatrician's office. It could be globally. And you know, I'm living a situation with my family right now where I, you know, from a human centered design perspective, I see a lot in real time of where we have these gaps in care. And I, I would love, I would love to see the healthcare system figure out how to really formalize employing patient advocacy. I think that, you know, right now, and I'll share a little personal, watching my mother-in-law act as this patient advocate and on behalf of my father-in-law and the astounding amount of appointments that come at patients. And we, and I think that we talk about this in healthcare a lot of, well, why can't we have compliance with appointments or medication compliance? I mean, when you really sit in a seat and you see the complexity that a patient has to deal with. I think the first line of defense is someone who can really be there advocating on their behalf, not because, and and this is at a time when the healthcare industry is facing a shortage of staff and what an amazing benefit that would be to the staff just to know that they have a ready partner who's being a second set of eyes for Mm -hmm. them. And you could train them up to do things like run for water and simple things. You know, it's just, it feels easy. I know it's not easy. Um, but that's really driven off of like a personal experience I'm seeing right now. That's where a lot of innovation in healthcare comes from, right? Your and it's, personal struggles and pain points with either your own care, a family member's care, or, or your experience. And by the way, I think when people might hear me say that, they're like, oh, well, that's low tech. It's a, it's a human. I'm actually thinking it's a fully teched. Yeah. I think those patient advocates are given things that can scan barcodes and they can do other things. And they, who knows? I think... They're trained in remote patient monitoring. These are these are sophisticated people. We'll put it on the outside in pipeline for Patricia uh, I, to look it's into. Just, I think I wish now. I wish <laughs> now I had been just 
following my family members along to really kind of track this journey because unless somebody's experienced it themselves from the patient side, you just don't really realize how much is actually coming at these patients when they're trying to navigate tricky situations. It's a lot. And I, I know with the families that I have the privilege to take care of how how important my office is and, and our support staff. And, and even that sometimes is not enough. So I think it's a it's a good one. It's a good aspirational innovation that we could look into. One book, one podcast or one movie that you have interacted with recently that you want the audience to know about and that they should definitely check out. So I will clarify that I tend to like find myself wanting to be in the hard things of hard things conversations. So I often when consuming media try to turn to the lighter world. And I think I've shared this with others. One of my favorite books lately was Betty White's if you um, would ask me, but I know you won't. Um, I did it by audio. And so it was also read by Betty White. And I would highly recommend it to anybody who's having a bad day or a bad case of several days because it, I think Brandon on our team said he also listened to it. And it was like riding in the car with your badass grandmother, you know, talking. And it just was just you know, it was about life's lessons. And she got into things about aging and hearing loss. And so there was a medical side of this as well that awakens your mind to think about things that you wouldn't normally think to ask her, but she's yeah. going to tell you about anyways. And so I, re I really enjoyed that. Thanks for the recommendation. I'll check that one out. Kendra, thank you very much yeah. for one, being a part of our team to joining me for this little brief interlude on the podcast today. Uh, always very appreciative of all of our listeners tuning in. This was number 36. We're getting our way there. We're going to get to 50 by the end of next year is our goal, right? Um, next podcast is going to come up next month. Um, we're going to have Brandon Cornuk, another new member of our team who brings a really unique perspective on how do we define those problem statements. And we're going to look forward to digging in with him. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Come find us on LinkedIn, find us on Twitter and at our website. Again, thank you, Kendra. Thank you for having me.